This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Modern Geek Podcast number 55, recorded September 5th, 2012. I'm Chuck. I'm Juan. Welcome back to Modern Geek. Modern Geek in season two. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. This is one of my favorite times of the week, just getting to shoot the crap about tech stuff. Oh, yeah. With and, someone and, who isn't bored by it. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You could shoot the crap with about tech stuff with anybody, but they'll, you know, have that glazed overlook. Like, what are you talking about? And eventually, they slowly, like, creep away like Peter Griffin, you know? Yeah. yeah. All the way down the street or on a ladder. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so. Well, did you see the... Um, I, I was I was kind of flipping through the news looking for stuff to talk about. Did you see the Galaxy Note 2? What's what's new? What's 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 the deal? It's got like a five point five inch display. That's a, a style. It's gigantic. <laughs> but you, you you remember how big the note was? Like it's like the size of a brick, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's no wider. But they've just made the the they've made, been able to make the screen bigger and the the bezel smaller and add the you know oh, that I see. Samsung stylus to it and. It's, it looks really pretty. <laughs> I gotta say, you know, with the Android 4.1 and everything going on there, um, super AMOLED screen, it's a 720p setup. It, wow. I don't know. It looks pretty slick. I gotta, um, I gotta tell you, I got to play with ice cream sandwich a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, Sean actually, uh, picked up a, a tablet. It's a long story, but he ended up with a recovered tablet essentially. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> somebody was going to throw it away and he got hold of it and uh managed to unbrick it with a lot of patience <laughs> and uh <laughs> and then up upgraded it to the latest version uh, uh of the android os and you know it's actually pretty damn cool i i was really surprised number one it's really fast number two it and i beats it's an asus it beats the hell out of me what it is but <laughs> But it's quite fast. Um, you know, there are a few things that take you a second if you're used to iOS simply because, you know, like like with uh, uh, Slide to Unlock being patented now, <laughs> you get things that are slightly different. Like it has a little thing. You push the button and the screen comes on. You tap this thing and you drag it to one of a number of places you want to start and it starts. But right. it, once you... Five seconds, you figure it out. I figured it out with no instructions. I just dicked around with it and had no problem figuring it out, you know? And, uh, I mean, honestly, what he wanted to do with it was read his email. You know, he wanted a browser. He wanted, uh, you know, a couple of basic things. And it does all that really well. Uh, I'd imagine so. Chrome on it is exactly like Chrome on iOS. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did you see they had a security update for Chrome on iOS as well? Really nice. They're, they're fixing some bugs and stuff. So cool. I I still don't think there's the open with tab, but you know, no, <laughs> can't you can't hope for everything at the first update. Indeed. But yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, 
what, whatever iOS device comes out near the end of the year, um, probably around the start of the year, I'm at the point where the phone's old enough that I'm going to be looking at oh, yeah. getting something new. And the more I look at these, especially like this Note 2, the more I'm thinking, oh, let's see what I can get away with here. Yeah. Well, I'm also trying to figure out as well what apps I'm using and not using. Oh, uh, yeah. And so far, the sadly enough, the killer one to keep me on iOS is messages. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we because use the, the crap out of that. Right. And other than, I mean, I could use Google Voice to get around that, but then that doesn't allow for images. But, I mean, that is a very small technical hurdle to try to overcome here. So, I don't know. At the end of the year, I might be, I'll be looking around here. Well, I also got the iPad to consider that I have that. So, integration is good, but. Well, everybody is saying that, uh, what is it, Oct- early October is the yeah, October uh, is the 4th, I think, is what they're saying. October 4th, is it? That uh, sounds about right, yeah. that's. I think that was the rumor. So, hmm. Well, we'll see, see what they come out with. I would, I would really hope that they go with some, at least a larger screen on, 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 a, new, on a new iPhone here, because it's... It's really starting to look tiny when you start comparing it to other smartphones. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I hmm. I still feel like a phone is a phone. Mm. And I, I I don't want it to be any bigger than it is. You know? That's a good point. One one thing I I will say in the defense of keeping it small is now that I have a tablet I'm using the the iPhone less for you know stuff that should be on a bigger screen right. like web browsing and that kind of stuff. It's like, well, I do have the iPad here, so I'll just use that instead. You know, it's really like, funny. Sean said kind of the same thing, which a common comment that you hear from people who have uh, started, you know, who kind of never owned a tablet and then all of a sudden do, which is. Hey, you know, I realized that functionally it's pretty much like modern phones, but larger. But right. in reality, it fills an entirely different place in your life. My mouth is frozen, by the way. I had a frozen drink before we started. <laughs> so I Did feel like I'm talking. Loaded? I'm a <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, the, it, it definitely feels that kind of casual browsing. I mean, I almost exclusively keep up with my... Uh, um, RSS feeds and my uh, YouTube subscriptions on the uh, through RSS feeds on the uh, on the iPad now, which is a huge change from you know having reader everywhere and just using it whenever. To be honest, I much prefer now to uh, to go and get the uh, the the reader app out on the iPad and and uh, get my news and comics and uh, and. Uh, podcasts and stuff through there so have they updated the uh, ipad version to be more like the iphone version um kind of kind of it's it's a slick interface it still doesn't do everything that it should to be honest with you it's it's getting there but it's one of those ones that's lagging behind yeah the iphone version is brilliant so one one thing that i did come across which i ultimately doesn't seem to work Oh yeah, <laughs> but I'll still talk about it. Is um, I I was keeping individual subscriptions punched into to 
to Google Reader for different YouTube channels. Right. But then I also want, you know, it was a big bit of a hassle every time I wanted. I couldn't just follow someone. I had to then, you know, follow, then copy their link and right. go and paste it into that, you know, RSS template or whatever. Right. And that was a problem. But then I found this thing that says, okay, take, you know, as long as you have your list of subscriptions public on your YouTube channel, you can put it into the RSS feeder itself, and then it'll just be a single a single entry in there, and then you can just get them all. And I'm like, okay, well, that's pretty useful. And it updated, and it showed me, you know, like the last, you know, 20 that were there when I added it, and it doesn't update. Like, it updates, like, once... I ha- I've had it update, you know, three times in the last two days, and then just not at all for, like, the last 12 hours. Huh. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work. <laughs> so, well, that sucks. If that worked, it would be great, but it doesn't. So I don't wah, know what I'm wah, talking about. It. It's like it's almost there. It's like just give me a give me a nice easy way of keeping track of which episodes of different channels that I've watched and haven't watched the way I do in Reader for YouTube. Let me do that. <laughs> would be handy. Would be. Oh, well. You remember that story I had back on uh, uh, the GWC news segment where they did that uh, that register fix to the probe that was out past Pluto? Oh, yeah, right. There, <laughs> A scary-ass update. Yeah, well, they, I, I, the follow-up was that they eventually did fix that. They basically reformatted the, the drive or whatever, and it was fine. <laughs> But it, the, the register had just got like a cosmic ray hit it or something and, and flipped it from a zero to a one. Um, but what was even weirder is that I was reading this article on, about the space station and they were upgrading a power system that yeah. you know is like a smart power distributes amongst different electronics on the space station. Right. And it had broken down a while back. So it, like you could turn it on and have it distribute power. You just couldn't control it. Well, that's okay. So they're like, well, okay, we could turn it on. It'll do its thing. But, you know, we'd really like to be able to manage what it does, right? So they they plan this big, huge spacewalk to go out and fix it. You know, they have all the technical gear to do it and all the, you know, the new circuitry and everything like that. And there's a strip bolt. Oh, yeah, that sucks. And they can't get it open. They can't, they can't, they're like, um, well, we have all this gear. How are we supposed to fix this if we can't get into the panel? They're like, um. I don't know. Abort spacewalk. That's a tough one, though. That is a tough one. It's 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 on the exterior of the station, and you, you you always think with this, it's like it's some technical fix. It's like oh, you know, you replace a board and blah 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 blah. It's, it all comes down to computers. No, it comes down to a badly machined bolt. <laughs> well, I I remember we wrote about this a little bit. I think in the first year of Toolmonger, because we were talking about how. The the tools that they choose to use uh, have are kind of odd in those situations. I mean, like normally you would think, all right, you got a bolt. There's like 50 ways you can remove that bolt, but a whole bunch of really weird problems come into play. Like right. <clears throat> like you have the whole issue of torque, right? Like you know you. <laughs> You apply it, well, it applies to you, too. So Yeah, you turn the bolt, and the bolt turns you. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's not, you know, it's it can be a bad thing. You know, it's not like you stand on the ground, you know. It's everything moves and, and you have to keep that in mind. Yeah. And then there are issues like sources of power or air for pneumatics or things like that. So believe it or not, a lot of the power tools, I'm making finger quotes here, are actually, you know, clockwork. They're like spring-loaded. You wind them up because it's, oh, okay. it's far and away the easiest way to do things, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, if you think about it, you can't go dead. You know, you can't be like, oh, crap, the battery's dead. Whoops, you know? Like you said, that makes sense. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> there are all these, all these, I don't know. It, it was really odd. And and we looked into it a little bit and it wasn't really exhaustive, but we had looked into why they made some of the kind of weird choices you, that they appeared to have make made. And uh, it was really interesting stuff. I, I think the other thing that you have to deal with is the fact that it costs so damn much to ship anything up that you're very careful with what you choose. Plus, you can only carry so much crap, so when it comes down to it, you can't take, you know, just bring the roll away and, hey, when the bolt's stripped, get out an easy out and pull it out, you know? Yeah, we'll take the bolt out, we'll figure out what it is, and then we'll go to Home Depot yeah, parts. Right. It doesn't quite work that way. Not so much. You know? I'll take it down there, you know? Yeah. Guy walking down the electrical aisle. With the, yeah. yeah, no, Space I mean. Space suit doesn't work, yeah. So it's funny how often just dumb little things are the issue. They seem dumb, but they're actually really big problems in, in that environment. So kind of cool. Very much like the software. I mean, I was thinking about doing that software update, and I was I was thinking, you know how you would do one on a server, and you would be like, please come back up, please come back up, please come back up, please come back up. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For like There's a reason why your file server is kind of behind everyone else's here. <laughs> Plus, mine comes up faster than like anything in the world. It comes up like so fast you can't even like like when the power goes out in the house, nothing else can come up fast enough to show you that it's up. But it's up. It's it's back on before the router's back on. It is. It is. It's, it's still connecting to your DSL at the time. It's funny as hell, you know, but. I was just thinking this is one of those situations. It's like, you're like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, well, I just thought what I thought was so funny about it is that the fix for the probe, you know, way out past Pluto and leaving the solar system actually turns out to be easier than the one that the astronaut has his hands on. Well, yeah, (laughs) you got the right tools, right? Yeah. Oh, it's a good thing. Yeah. I did want to um <laughs> I did want to bring up a little uh quick thing. There was a Oracle just patched a pretty serious Java vulnerability. Right. Um for Java seven. It was uh, a bug that was introduced or at least uh, discovered months ago. And Oracle's like on a quarterly patch schedule. Right. And they're like, eh, well, you know, I guess we'll do one out of sync and it still took them you know months to get to get this uh patch out but apparently it's it's pretty serious um i would say if you're on windows you know go to the java i think it's java.sun.com is will <laughs> get you there even though they're oracle now and just update your java it's it's a it's one of those hacker bugs that they'll write a botnet for or probably already have so hmm. You know, and as always, if you don't need Java, don't use it. Um, 
if you're running Minecraft, you need it. But I was yeah. going to say, it's kind of hard to not need it anymore. I, I, you know what? I've managed to avoid putting it on uh, my Mountain Lion box. I when I did the fresh install, I, I kind of left it off, but I came across one site like LogMeIn that's like, you know, let's just install Java. And I'm like, no, I'll use the PC, thanks. <laughs> Ouch. Like, yeah. and there, there hasn't been a legitimate reason for me to get Java on there yet, although I'm, I'm wondering what it will be that will eventually uh, tip me over the edge here. Of course, here's one VNCing into his PC so he can use LogMeIn. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's 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 a bit extreme. <laughs> you know, um, did you? Uh, I know these are all very disjointed, but uh, hey, whatever. Did you see that some of this ebook price fixing stuff starting to fall apart now? Oh yeah, what's happening? Uh, there's like three major publishers that have to pay back like sixty nine million dollars. Which obviously all went to the lawyers, but uh, <laughs> based on publisher price fixing for ebooks, huh. and it's all based on that model of you know, well, we're um, uh, the problem was is that there's that dis, uh, there's that problem between the people that actually publish the books and the people that distribute the the, the books, and that they take a percentage and then they can determine the prices, right. And apparently, you know, obviously that's, you know, it, it's cutting out. It, it's being a problem for the customers and it's being a problem for the authors. And apparently the first law, or not law, but, you know, the first uh, court case was struck that it's like, you know, no, this is not right. You can't, you can't just go in and, and set all of your books to fourteen ninety nine, even though certain ones cost, you know, two bucks from the publisher and certain ones cost ten bucks from the publisher. So there, it, I, I don't fully understand it, but it is kind of a little bit of hope that maybe there's some, some evening out of this market a little bit, that it's not just continuing on down the road to monopoly. Hmm. Well, that would be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. And especially when we were talking about all the problems, you know, the, with the textbook market is following this one really closely behind and. You hope that this stuff gets sorted out by the time that 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 they get to this point. So, but who knows? <laughs> it could all still fall apart. Yeah, I. Sorry, would, I'm a little pessimistic about hey, it. Yeah, <laughs> I would settle for just availability. Give me the damn book somehow. That's true. Which yeah. they're still working on. <laughs> uh, yeah, strangely th- enough, this semester I was able to get exactly none of my books digitally. So none, none. Oh, what? That's not true. One I could get digitally, but it cost more ah. than the print book. Wow, one. Wow, what a... <laughs> At which point, it wasn't a very big book either. I mean, that's a, believe it or not, that's actually a big determining factor for me is the physical size of the book. If yeah. it's one of those monster books and I can get it digitally, I might even pay more for it <laughs> to get it digitally. But uh, yeah. I'm just like, damn it. It was like a 120-page book. You're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but no, one of them... There was only one, and it was like fifty six bucks uh, via Kindle, and uh, it was twenty four print. So I actually split the middle and uh, rented it for twenty two dollars for a month and a half or something, and then bought a six dollar used one. Nice. 
So whenever it rolls in, because I did the free, I'll get it whenever. If I get it within the next month and a half, I'm good. <laughs> well, that works. You know? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good solution. So I, technically, I am using the digital one, but I'm using a rental of it, which is kind of BS. And huh. uh, yeah, it was really weird. I've never used the rental before, but apparently there's a minimum time you can rent for the minimum price. Uh, which was what I did. And then you could, for every day you go beyond that, you pay a little more. So you're literally like you pay by the day for the damn book. Yeah. I don't know. I seems like a big hassle for me. Plus, I don't know why, what the hell it is with Kindle books, but they just cannot seem to get the idea of how illustrations work. But they just not format correctly. Yeah. Or some are missing or it just, uh, they never seem to get them right. No matter what they do, the, 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 illustrations aren't quite right now in normal books who cares but in textbooks that that crap's kind of useful you know go figure <laughs> i would really like to see that See example a and it's all garbled it's like or garbled. gone or gone yeah, yeah we're just not there yeah or no, hidden uh, or who knows what and you're like really you know i need that right <laughs> yeah kind of the point of getting the book yeah that's, that's okay i bought a used book uh last semester for um for a statistics class, and yeah. uh, one of the things you were allowed to do, or you were required to do, was to bring in, uh, was to bring in some of the tables from the back of the book, make copies of them, and bring them in. Right. So yeah. you have the standard, you know, tea table and 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 so on in the back. And anyway, um, somebody cut them out of mine. They were just flat missing. What? <laughs> okay, it's that's like, even weird. Thanks. <laughs> Thing. No, yeah. they probably are too lazy to make copies and just cut them out. You're like, well, that, that's that blows. <laughs> on the other hand, I paid like forty dollars for the hundred and thirty dollar book, so what the hell? Uh, I right. went to one of the TAs and said, "Pretty please, may I have a copy of yours?" And she let me. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyway, actually, I did have a book recommendation. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I I don't know how I came across this. Um, it was probably a link from a link from a link from that <laughs> Symphony of Science song, uh, Children of Africa. Nice. Um, anyway, uh, have you ever heard of an author called Robert J. Sawyer? Yeah, absolutely. A Canadian sci-fi author? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I've, met a, I've met him. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. A couple of times. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, I, I, I read the first book out of the uh, Neanderthal Parallax, uh-huh. which is called Hominids. Yeah, right. It's a really cr- quick read, and... Uh, you know, it's available on Kindle, so I, I just picked it up and read it on the iPad, and uh, I, I, I recommend it. It's a, it's a really cool uh, uh, story about, like, you know, a parallel Earth where Neanderthals came up as the dominant human, uh, like, dominant uh, species, and, and humans died out, and then our world and that world cross-talking between each other. Really? Yeah, and it's got, like, this whole... It's very in-depth and it involves like, you know, like quantum computing and, and as, as kind of a bridge device between the two universes. It's, it's, it's actually a really interesting read and very, very highly uh, science-y in, in like it's got a lot of techno babble in it. Yeah. Um, and, but it was a really quick read. Like I, I read it in the span of, you know, a day. Um, but it, I'd, I'd say it's definitely worth uh, worth at least picking up the sample and seeing if you like it. It's it's it seems to be it was, it's I liked it. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that uh, brief TV show Flash Forward was uh, that 
that rings a bell, but I don't think I ever saw it. It was based on a novel, uh, and the novel was much more interesting than the show, actually. The, uh, uh, the idea was that there was this moment where, for I can't remember, like a minute or 90 seconds or whatever it was, uh, everyone kind of fell unconscious and actually lived you know, that amount of time from a point far in the future. Okay, okay. And yeah. uh, it really screwed a lot of people up, of course, because they saw things that uh, that maybe they didn't want to see or did want to see. Or, oh, uh, right, I heard about this, and then and then people that didn't see anything. Yeah, it's like, well, was I dead? Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Were you asleep, right. or what happened? You know, and I got to go back and watch that. That was based on a book, though. You said, yeah, forget that. Just read the book because it's by Robert Sawyer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'm definitely going to go at least check out the other two books in the series because it's a it's a really great read. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I guess I'll just kind of span out from there. I never got just, into the show, but I I read uh, Flash Forward. I read the novel, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Nice. I mean, uh, yeah, and he's kind of an interesting guy. He came and spoke at UTD. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I don't know, maybe two, three years ago, three, four years ago. And uh, actually, one of Audra's professors at the time, who was on the podcast briefly, uh, Tony Daniel, okay, yeah, um, yeah. was was there, and we all ended up hanging out afterwards. So, I uh, he seems like a nice guy. Nice. Well, he certainly uh, writes very technical uh, in in like he's done his research, and and it's he creates a very plausible explanation for what's happened in this world it's true whereas flash forward the tv show was essentially a cop show that happened to have this one sci-fi element <laughs> um the flash forward novel was actually a full-on science fiction novel based around cern and all sorts of cool stuff happening so man, oh wow i think you'd enjoy I, it i will check that out well i know you wanted to talk a little bit uh, about one of the some of the crazy uses for old iPhones since we actually both have a pile of them at this point. <laughs> yes, yeah, I've, I've got a uh, a four and a three G at this point that are are sitting there. The iFloat. Yes, actually, I'm using the iFloat as my, my main one now because the other one had antenna issues. So wow, <laughs> yeah, sadly enough. So I'm actually what I'm what I'm going to do is I've got. Um, I've got all the tools to take it apart. So I'm going to actually take the screen from the, from the newer four and the camera from the newer four and put it into the, the iFloat. Nice. And, uh, combine it together and make one super phone and one super crap phone. Super float. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, though, the other, the other four that's, that's sitting here doing nothing does have Wi-Fi on it, which you know, kind of opens up some options. I know you've got, uh, like, what, a 3GS and an original one, right? Right. Yeah, and actually I have, yeah, right. And Audra has a 3GS laying around as well. Uh, <laughs> 3G, sorry. Um, but, yeah, I actually, I, I did something with the 3GS this, I guess, about a month ago now. I yeah. was I was sitting in my bedroom looking at my crappy old alarm clock and thinking, <laughs> this really sucks. Um, I should probably come up with a charging stand and uh, just since i really use my iphone for the alarm clock anyway now i use the alarm function so really i just use that clock to look and see what time it is 
You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to thinking, I'm like, you know, there ought to be a way to do. And then I realized, hey, I have a, you know, I have another phone sitting in, I have a couple of them sitting in a pile. And so I went and grabbed it and uh, looked around online and I found a, a little app uh, that I, I won't even bother telling you what it is. Just, just, just look for alarm clock and there are a billion of them. Yeah. Uh, pick whichever one turns you on. Uh, I found one that has kind of a digital looking clock, but allows you to display uh, scrolling bits from Twitter and Facebook and stuff, which nice. was kind of, yeah, I thought it was cool. And, <clears throat> and uh, fired that up and just left it in. It probably burns in. I don't care. You know, I just uh, left it running full time. And actually I, f- I found this little $30 docking station that has, two docks on it one can be either vertical or horizontal and the other is vertical so i have one in horizontal mode permanently which is which has the the old gs in it removed from its case and all polished up so it looks pretty Mm. and then the vertical dock is for my standard phone so i still use it for the alarm clock i don't bother using the gs for the alarm though technically you could uh, it has Wi-Fi, which is what made me think of it when you mentioned, uh, you know, the usefulness of Wi-Fi. Uh, sure, I don't, the SIM isn't active anymore, but who cares? I just put it on the Wi-Fi and network in the house and it does all kinds of crap, you know? Oh, yeah. You can, uh, you can, it's an alarm clock. You can reach over when the weather's bad and pop up a uh, uh, a weather radar on it and just leave it there, which yeah, is well, kind of I mean- neat. You could also use it for remote stuff like the uh, mobile mouse software. Uh, I believe uh, Plex and Boxy also have uh, uh, remote apps for for controlling their stuff, as well as you know just an iTunes remote you can use it as. Um, one thing for people that would leave it plugged in and going, um, and especially if it's an old iPhone, would be to jailbreak it and put on an app called Flux. And what it does is it lets you uh, modify the color temperature of the uh, Ooh, I need to the do display. That. I need to do yeah. that bad. It's it's relatively trivial to unlock older iPhones at this point. And the good thing about that is that this this app that goes on there, you can actually program it. Uh, <laughs> it's really cool. You can um, it asks for your location information, and it does that so it knows when sunrise and sunset is. Oh, nice! So as the sun goes down. The temperature will adjust from you know sixty five hundred k, you know down to you, you can go all the way down to like twenty three hundred k if you really want, but you know like forty forty two is probably pretty good, and and you it, you can have it and you can set the high and low of the color temperature so that as it gets darker the uh, the temperature uh, of the light adjusts so that way you don't get that um, that blue light that usually keeps people up. And uh, and is a really a piercing light in the dark, right? Um, it, it goes a lot more yellow and 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 is is pretty. It, it makes it worth uh, leaving on the dock and almost almost to the point where if you leave it on lowest brightness, you can leave it going even. Yeah, I leave mine on all the time, and I just when I go to bed, I just grab the brightness slider and slide it down. Right. And then restart the app. And then in the morning, at some point, I slide it back up, which kind of sucks, but you get used to it. There's an app you can get in the App Store yeah. that will let you, when you launch the app, it'll toggle between two brightness states. Huh. So you launch the app, it changes the brightness and quits the app. 
Interesting. That might not be bad. That might be worth it because then instead of going into settings and resetting, you can just you know hit brightness and it'll flick back and and switch back to another mode. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but it's uh, it's another one of those you know. There's a million of the maps, right? <laughs> so, just like the, uh, the 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 various clocks, there's a there, there's an app for that. <laughs> They make pretty good data collection devices as well. Now, I'll admit I haven't done this, but I, I've known a lot of people that have used them uh, as as data collection tools. <laughs> you strap them to the back of your cat, and you can find them anywhere. <laughs> yeah, like your cat would put up with that. But, yeah, I mean, you could. Yeah, not quite. Uh, you could, I suppose. Well, I guess, yeah. As long I mean, as they were within Wi-Fi range. If you, if you wanted to use it as like a, a, like a dedicated... Um, exercise monitoring thing you could you know there's enough armbands out there for iphones and oh that's true you could use that or um i suppose you could also have like um if you didn't if you didn't really if you wanted to mount one on your bike but didn't really trust yourself to keep it protected (laughs) right that might be a, a good use for an old iphone is to you know have it as the bike one that if if you do take a tumble and the screen gets a big crack in it you you're really not crying about it actually i have a pretty decent case i don't really use it anymore ever since i got the uh, garmin 910 but right, right yeah. which is awesome by the way but i i uh i had a case that's fairly beefy it looks like it would take a pretty good chunk um well i dumped the bike with it on there one time oh really okay yeah, well it was okay yeah. so <laughs> I almost broke my hand, but it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Save the iPhone. Broke my hand. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, important stuff. <laughs> yeah. Save the $700 iPhone and go and get a $5,000 uh, hospital bill, right? <laughs> yeah, really. Apparently, you know, I didn't realize that you, you, know, you don't need health insurance to fix the uh, iPhone anyway. Yeah. You, you <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, 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 iPhone has its own health insurance. You know, that's just that $50 deductible. If only <laughs> mine were so cheap. Mm. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> but yeah, they do make, the iPhone does make a surprisingly good exercise tool, especially if you don't have anything else and you don't want to spend any money. Because you can spend like 15 or 20 bucks and get a real decent armband, and that'll actually work fine for recording, running, and bike rides. I mean, the GPS alone will provide quite a bit of data. That's true. Have you ever used any of the Nike Plus stuff that they try to push on on the iOS platform? I, I have not. Uh, I never oh. did simply because uh, RunKeeper was so functional. Right, yeah. You know, RunKeeper with just the GPS built in did a great job of, of tracking uh, running and biking. You almost got to think that the Nike Plus stuff is almost a legacy deal at this point. Well, I think, it, the, yeah, I think the, it's like brand recognition because they have like the Nike fuel band and the, the stuff. They have some various like, you know, standalone items that that work in that same vein. So I guess the mm. app is just like for your friend has one. They have their own kind of social network around it, like RunKeeper as well. Oh, okay, okay. That's a piece I was not aware of. Yeah, so that might that might help. I'll admit that I still use RunKeeper, even though Garmin the Garmin Connect app is much better. 
Uh, I, yeah. I export from it into RunKeeper as well, so I use both of them. Because my I have friends on RunKeeper, GWCers on RunKeeper that we like give each other encouragement. So, well, that's that's some of the good point of using a, a service like that that's not specifically tied to one type of hardware. Is that more people could use it, and you can build a bigger support network. Right, right, exactly. So that was kind of my thought was that they probably created the iPhone app for people who don't necessarily want to buy the standalone equipment but do well, want to participate exactly. in the network. Well, exactly. Like yeah. I I I I've keep meaning to turn it on when I go when I go out to the park. Uh-huh. And I don't. <laughs> but but I I I I'm not the type of per- person that I don't think I would get the dedicated hardware for right. that kind of tracking. Right. But if I can remember to I'll be damn sure to turn on RunKeeper and and use yeah, you know it's it's not sure it's not as accurate and sure you're not getting as much data but then it does get you into that kind of community. You know? I don't know. It's I think it's every bit as accurate. It's just that it might not be quite as like simple and convenient, and it, it's certainly a little bit less water resistant. You know. <laughs> what iPhone? No, I don't know anything about water resistance at iPhones. <laughs> Hey, big hint from that I learned from cyclists and 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 runners. Yeah, uh, put it in a in a Ziploc sandwich bag. Yep, oh, yeah. uh, it's just a good idea. You know, if it rains on you, you're okay. If you sweat through it, you're okay. Who, who was it recently that uh, in the, the GWC community? I think Keir. it was Kier that yeah. got stuck out in, in in a rain, and it just soaked all the way through the the iPhone. He's like, well, anybody got a bag of rice? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Sandwich bags, big, big cheap solution. <laughs> cost ten cents saves on iPhone. <laughs> In fact, it was really funny. I remember sitting around after a ride with some people, and somebody had this like dedicated thing that uh, holds an iPhone and a credit card and a, a driver's license. Yeah, and uh, somebody was, excuse me was asking the store that hosted the ride like, uh, "Hey, why don't you guys sell these things?" And they're like, "Because sandwich bags work fine." and they cost like a tenth of a cent. <laughs> and everybody's like, hey, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, go figure. <laughs> Why would you pay five bucks for a bag when you can just use a sandwich bag? That's a good point. But ever since then, I've used one. I uh, Like, you know, today I was I was cycling and I, I just had my phone and a credit card and a, and a, um, you know, my driver's license in a, in a Ziploc bag. Well, yeah. Sandwich bag stuffed in the back of the jersey, you know? You know, and even in that similar vein, I I have lost track of the number of people I've seen that have their debit card and their driver's license just in the back of their iPhone case. Right. It's like, well, you know, it's one of these rubber cases that's clear in the back. It's like, well, okay, just put the cards in there and snap it back in. (laughs) Why not? Whatever. It's all good. You know what? One one uh, kind of around the house idea I've always wanted to try out, but I've never bothered to to, to look into, is one of those little IR nubs that plug into the dock connector. That could be really useful. Make it a I remote. Found, you know what was even cooler? Um, I found one that also plugs into the um, the headphone jack. Ooh, even better. Yeah, because then that lets you also you know put it on a dock and not have to disassemble it. Right. And it just uses, you know, the speaker sound signals to send the programmed sure, uh, responses to the IR. It was whatever. It's an electrical signal. Who cares, right? Sure. Um, I, I think that might be one of those uh, things that I might try out with uh, around, around Christmas here when, you know, 
it's not summer and there's nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, nice. well, you know, I've, I've got a Harmony remote, but let's try this too. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, you know, you got one sitting around. That could be a good yeah. use for it. Well, and I see them on eBay all the time. They're, I mean, even the most expensive ones are like less than $30. So Nice. It doesn't seem like that big of an entry point to try it out, so might be worth investigating. Oh, um, do we do we talk about that on air or off air? Where I picked up one of those Bluetooth uh, transmitters for my truck. I don't remember. Why don't we cover it anyway? All right. Well, I I had seen on eBay these little like seven dollar USB um, audio devices that are basically take the A2DP signal from your phone right. and then just give you a three and a half mil output that you can then, you know, plug a mail to mail cable into your car. I tried it out. It kind of works. <laughs> uh, one, the cables that came with it were crap. So I obviously got my own cables. No. Um, there, you can tell that there's $7 worth of electronics in here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very sensitive. Like, um, if you've got loud music going, like something like, uh, like, uh, modern rock or something like that, it will peak out on itself over and over again. Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's overusing the, the little tiny little, uh, 80, uh, DAC converter in there. It's just, they're, I don't know. I'd say you could probably get away with using one of these things. They, they're on eBay for like seven bucks for podcasts or something like that, but don't think you're going to get decent quality out of them. Right. That being said, I am kind of glad to have it around. It's kind of an interesting thing to play with, but I don't feel I got ripped off for seven bucks, but at the same time, you know, there's ones that are from name brands that are $50 that are probably worth it. Go figure. Well, that's not a bad way to find out how, how the product, you know, the product classification works, you know, like well, if you would even use one. Well, yeah, exactly. It's like a couple of cups of coffee to try something out like that. It's whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I was with Runkeeper. I used Runkeeper originally on the iPhone because I thought, well, I want to find out if I'm going to use this before I spend, you know, 400, $500 on a dedicated unit. You know? <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. But, it's all about uh, looking for the cheap evaluation. <laughs> yeah, and then once, you know, the cool thing is once you're, uh, you know, once you found out that's what you want, you can always get the nice thing and it's still around for, uh, you know, for later. Well, yeah, you exactly. Or, it's like that That being said, I, it would be nice to have a Bluetooth deck that did ATGP. Would be nice. Would be nice. Um, that option is still there if I want it. I'm not seven dollars isn't going to make the difference between me getting that or not. So nice, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> what well, a good time, Juan. Yeah, it's kind of a you know schizophrenic one this time around. <laughs> yeah, why not? All fun. Stuff. I've been having a schizophrenic week, so it, damn it all straight. Kind of <laughs> Anything you want to add here at the end? I uh, no, Just uh, once again, thanks for listening to everybody, and uh, keep sending in your ideas. Uh, We've got some interesting stuff coming up. Hell yeah. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. 
give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts as well as the friendliest people in geekdom on the GWC website and forum at galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate. Thank <laughs> you.